dude, that was so bad. How are y'all doing this morning? Is everyone good? All right, so I'm mad that he mentioned that he asked me a couple months ago because I might seem unprepared. I'm just kidding. I'm not unprepared. It's just like when I practice preaching, I write stuff down and I preach it at home. I'm like, all right, that was cool. And then I preach it again, and it's something completely different. And I'm like, all right, that one was cool. And I'm like, all right, so which one am I going to do? So I try it again, and then it's something completely different. And I'm like, oh, that one was cool. I'm going to do that one. And so I don't know which one you're going to get. So that's where I'm at. But so today I am going to be talking about worship. And so I think a lot of times we question why do we worship. You know, like that's a, I mean, that's a good question. Like why do we worship? Why what does it do for us? What does it do for God? You know, like, why are we worshiping? A lot of people have been in church forever, and they're lifting their hands, and they're singing songs, and they don't have a definition for worship, and they couldn't tell you what worship is. You know, you ask someone, like, hey, what is worship? And they're like, oh, there's songs. There's, like, three of them that we do. There's one fast one, and then, like, to medium, and then there's like a deep one, you know, there's the fourth song, and that's where we just enter in the presence of God. Um, but, you know, that's not what worship is. Um, I wrote down my definition of worship. I don't know where it is. I'll find it real quick. But my definition of worship is this. Worship is an intimate encounter with the creator, ultimate f- fulfillment of God's dream, bringing all that we are to all that he is. So it's an intimate encounter. Okay, hold on. Before I keep going, it's way too quiet in here. When I say something good, you better tell me it was good, all right? I need affirmation. I need, you to, I need to hear like, hey, man, that was a good thought. Even if it's not that good, just say it. I promise I'll preach better if you just tell me that it was good. I'm a words of affirmation person. I need to hear it. Even though I hear from God a lot, he tells me that I'm good. But um, I want to hear from you guys. So there's this question, why do we worship? What is worship? What do we get from it? What does God get from it? And so my first point that I want to make is we don't worship because we have to. We don't worship because it's three songs that we're supposed to sing and then we're supposed to jump and dance and we're supposed to lift our hands and we're supposed to do this, we're supposed to do that. But worship, we literally are just worshiping God because he's worthy. He is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of all of our praise. And if he wasn't worthy of all of our praise, then we wouldn't need to worship. Like simple as that. Like we wouldn't have to worship if he wasn't worthy of it. Luke 19, like 40, I think, somewhere around there. It's like in Luke 19. I don't actually have the verse. I just remember. Sorry. Um, it talks about how if the disciples were to stop giving joyful praise and joyful like thankfulness, that the rocks would cry out. I don't know about you, but like, I kind of want to stop worshiping just to see a rock. Like, Wah! you know what I mean? Like, imagine walking around and you see a pebble just like, thank you, Jesus. You know, but I would never want to actually do that. But, you know, it's just, it's just a funny thought. But he's so worthy of praise that praise constantly has to be happening on this earth because he's worthy of it. And if we're not giving him worship and we're not giving him praise, then the things that he created are going to start worshiping. And they're going to say, yo, are you serious? You were created to do this. I was created to do this. Why are you not doing it? You're the one with the mouth. 
you're the one that can do it. I can't do it. I'm a rock. I ain't even got any feelings. So I'm just going to jump right in here. I don't know. I make a lot of jokes. If you don't laugh in church, you're probably not doing it right. Um, church is supposed to be fun. I, I believe church is supposed to be fun. I don't think we're going to get to heaven and we're all going to be sitting in pews. We're just going to sit there and God's just going to be looking at us. And we're just going to be sitting there like, shh, don't talk. Don't say anything. He might get mad at us. No, like church is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to be jumping around and dancing. And I want to see someone bring a lime scooter in here. Just get a lime scooter and just start riding around. That would be so fun. All right, Pastor Chris said no, but one day we'll see it. So, again, we worship God because he's worthy of it. If we don't joyfully praise him, someone else will. And so we are called to worship. God's not looking for worship. Let me just tell you this. I've met so many. I'm going to try and walk. I, like, hurt my ankle the other day, and so I'm just kind of, like, limping around. So it's going to look pretty funny when I walk. Just don't worry about it. Um, so there's this thought, and I have, I've heard people ask me, like, why, why do you have to worship God? <laughs> Was he so insecure that you need to worship him? Like, oh, God needs to hear worship from people. God needs to hear worship from this, like, is he that insecure that he needs to hear all the time how good he is? Like, if he was really good, he wouldn't have to hear it. You know, like, you hear that all the time. Like, why? Why are you worshiping him? He doesn't need it. But we don't worship God because he needs our worship. He wants our worship. That's the reason that we worship is because he wants what we have. He wants what we can bring. The difference between worship on earth and the worship in heaven is that it's a sacrifice. Our worship is sacrificial. In heaven, they're not sacrificing anything. They're in a perfect place around a perfect God with perfect angels going around. But on earth, we have, we have things going on. Like, there's bad things happening on this earth. And if we can worship in the midst of that, that is sacrificial praise. And that's what the Lord is work, looking for. He's not looking for worship. He gets it all the time. He's looking for worshipers. He's looking for people that are willing to lay down everything so that we can get before him, we can look at him face to face, and we can be transformed into his image. All right, let me keep walking. All right, I'm going to use some scripture now because that is good. 2 Corinthians 3, I'm going to start with, um, I don't know, hold on. Let's start with 11. Four, I don't even think it's up there, sorry. Just listen, just pay attention. 2 Corinthians 3, 11, for if what is passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. So in the context, let me give you a little context. Right here, we're talking about Moses and the old covenant, and we're talking about the law. And so then it goes on to say, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. So right off the bat, you can see a veil was put in front of the face of Moses. Moses, a veil, God. Right from the bat, you can see separation, right? So, but their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Can someone say taken away? Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Mine says liberty. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so there's freedom. But we all with unveiled face... 
beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. Everyone say transformed. Into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to pray really quick. So, Father, right now, I thank you so much that you are here. You are in this room. Holy Spirit, would you open up the hearts of every single person in this room? God, that we would be able to know you, God. We would come into an intimate encounter with you, God, where we would be transformed by your glory. And so, Jesus, we just love you so much, God. Would you use every single word that you have given to me, God? Would you, um, would you just pour that out here and let people um, hear it and, and know who you are and just come into an encounter with you this morning? In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. So we are with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So I want to give you a, a little, I just want to, I don't know what I'm going to say. So I'm going to put this in a, in, a, in a sense of a mirror, right? We have a mirror. So when you look in a mirror, what happens? You see the reflection of what's in the mirror, right? So I would like to submit to you that we don't worship God because it's going to manipulate him, right? Because I think a lot of people think like, oh, if I worship God for this, then he might do this for me. You know, if I worship God in the midst of my circumstance, he's going to see me and he's going to be like, all right, that one. Yeah, I like that one. I'm going to do good stuff for him. That one's not worshiping right now. I don't want to talk to him. Like, no, that's not what God is doing. I would like to submit to you that when we worship God, God is not changing. The word says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when we worship God, we, like God is not changing. We are. We are being transformed. We are, it literally says it right here, but we all with unveiled face, beholding. Beholding means to put attention to. And that's what worship is. Worship literally means worth-ship. That's where it comes from. And so whatever you give worth to, that is what you worship. And so the things that you are giving worth to every single day is what you worship. So when you behold something, you are giving it attention, and you are looking at it directly in its face. So, But we all with unveiled face, no more separation, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. So when you and I get in front of Jesus, when we look at him face to face, you and I are literally being transformed into the image of who Jesus is. So when we can worship him in the midst of our circumstance, we can worship him in the midst of the storm, and we can look at him face to face, forget about everything that's going on around us and just focus on him. Instead of you worrying about all of this stuff, your attention is focused on him, and in that moment, you are being changed. You are being transformed into the image of Jesus. And I think what's happening in, in, in our like, Christianity today is people get to this point where they're like, man, I need to worship. I need to worship but I don't feel worthy enough to go before him. You know, like I just messed up last night. I looked at this last night. I can't go into worship this morning. I can't lift my hands. God's not going to want my filthy rags. He's not going to want what I have. Like why would he want that? I'm not worthy of that. Why would he give that? And so I want to I submit this to you. I don't know why I keep saying submit this to you. I think I heard it someone preaching, so now I'm just saying it. But... um. I want to say this, your worth is not defined by your situation. Your worth is not defined by your mistakes, it's not defined by your sin. Whatever you're going through, whatever you've been doing, whatever, however you were raised, that does not define your worth. My definition of worth is this, 
Worth is how much someone was willing to pay for it. There's a box of tissues right there. Sorry, I like to look at things and then figure stuff out. So there's a box of tissue right there, right? How much do you think that box of tissue was? Like three, four dollars? Two? Like two bucks? How much do you think one single Kleenex is? Like two cents? You know? I was like, let's say it's like 20 cents, right? So tissue is 20 cents. Let's say Justin Bieber walks in this room right now, blows his nose into this tissue. I promise you we can sell that thing on eBay for so much money. Somebody, some teenage girl somewhere would pay hundreds of dollars to have a tissue that was blown into by Justin Bieber. Do you guys agree with that? Do y'all think we could do that? I think we could do that. The value of that tissue changed when someone touched it. The worth was not defined. That thing is 20 cents. But the value increased when someone was willing to pay 200 for it. You and me, we were dirt. How much is dirt? That's free. That's the earth. We can go outside and get some dirt right now. But when God bankrupted heaven, sent Jesus down to earth, and he was willing to pay the highest price for you and me. So right now, our worth is not defined by what we're going through. Our worth is not defined by our filthy rags. Our worth is not defined by our sin, but it's it's defined by what he was willing to pay for us. And he was willing to pay the highest price for you and me. And so the word says that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. And we can enter into his presence. It says the veil was torn. And so there's no more separation between me and God because he gave us, a, he gave us access so that we can become transformed in his presence. And I believe that that's what worship is doing for us right now is we are being transformed into his image. I have a lot of different thoughts. Like I said, like I preach, I, I've never preached this part before. That was all like different than what I preached at home. So I don't know. God doesn't change when we worship. It's not manipulative. We worship God, and then we change. Worship is attention. You know, we give our attention to God and make him our main focus so that we can stop worrying about the things going on around us. I think the coolest thing about worship, like I said, like God doesn't need our worship. He's not He's not like crying in the, he's like, Holy Spirit's not like hovering in the back like, oh, I need a lot of worship from this back row today. I'm feeling really bad. I feel real insecure. I don't think I can heal anyone unless I get a lot of worship. No, God doesn't need our worship. He wants it. And I think the coolest thing about that is God accepts stuff from us that he doesn't need. The word says that sacrifice is pleasing to God. Hebrews 13, 16. I don't know what it says, so I'm going to go read it. I just feel like this is one of the verses I'm supposed to use. Um, yeah, let's hope it says something cool. Hebrews 13, I say 16? Well, let's do 15 and then 16. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer, the, oh, this is good. Therefore, By him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But do not forget to do good and to share 
For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So God is pleased by our sacrifice. When we can stop worrying about ourselves, it literally says to share. Share with other people. You go out to, food, get, go out to get dinner, you better share with the person beside you. Even if you don't want to, because God will be pleased by it. It sounds really funny, but I think, I think it works that way. Do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. If you want to please God, sacrifice something. If you want to please God, sacrifice something. I think one of the, my main reasons, like, that I'm here is not because I want to please Pastor Chris. I do want to please Pastor Chris, but that's not my main reason. I'm not here because I want to please my dad. My dad's here. Hey, dad. But it feels good when he gives me affirmation, when he says I did good. That's awesome. And when he's well pleased with me, that is amazing. But that's not the reason that I'm here. I'm here because I want to please God. I want to do what he has for me. I want to do everything that he's told me to do. I want to worship the way that he wants me to worship. I want to sing the songs that he wants me to sing. I want to play the chords that he wants me to play, even though I don't know how to play a whole lot of chords. So my main purpose, my main goal is to please God. And so sacrifice might look like you lifting your hands while we're in worship. Because you're sacrificing your comfortability. You know, a lot of people come into church and they, they stand there. You guys look like, okay, I just said you guys. I'm sorry. Some people at churches. I've been, I've led worship at a lot of places. Some places, everyone's jumping around. YFN, thousands of people. Everyone's crazy. It's wild. You can't even find like an open space in that room. It's just wild. Everyone's jumping around, dancing, singing their loudest, lifting their hands. Other places I've been, nobody raises their hands. No one does anything. And that's not something that I look at and I'm like, wow, worship wasn't good. They weren't lifting their hands. That's not it. Because worship isn't for us. It's for him. Whether you like it or not, I'm sorry. I love you all. But I'm not going to pick songs because you want them to happen. Unfortunately. I'm not going to make my set because we haven't done certain songs that we want to do. Because it's not for you. It's for God. And so it might look like lifting your hands because you're sacrificing your norm. You know, the normal thing that you always do, you're sacrificing that. And so worship is sacrifice. Um, I think in Romans, like 1 or Romans 2, it talks about how like our bodies are living sacrifice. And in the context, it's actually talking about worship. And that worship is sacrifice. It's sacrificing your body. It's saying, God, like everything that I am, I'm going to surrender it to you. And I'm going to give it to you. And a lot of times, like, like I said earlier, I really wanted to, okay, sorry, my brain is everywhere right now. Has everybody heard of Fortnite? Do y'all know what Fortnite is? You play Fortnite? PS4, Xbox. PC, okay, it's crossplay. We could play anyways, it don't matter. Add me later, Chris Castell 23. I play PS4. Fortnite, right? Okay, so there's this game called Fortnite, if you don't know about it. So basically, you play, there's a giant map, right? A hundred people in a lobby in a game. Everyone's on this giant floating bus. 
and we're just flying, and there's a, we're flying over the map, and you get to decide where you want to land. The main, it's like Hunger Games. The main goal is to stay alive. Last person alive wins. So 100 people, you land. So the main, like everywhere, you don't start out with a gun. You start out with like a pickaxe, or you can start out with like a boomerang. I don't know, it's really weird. So you can start out with whatever you want, but you can only get like this little pickaxe thing. And so the goal, you got to find a gun, you got to find ammo, you can find shields, you can find um, different things like that, you can find health everywhere. And then you get like material, you get wood, you can build stuff, it's really cool. I've often found that the games that I lose are the ones where I land and I pick up ammo and no gun. That is the worst thing in the world because I'm like landing. I'm like, oh, there's ammo right there. I'm going to get it. There's probably going to be a gun there. And then I land and I get some medium bullets. And I get some small ammo. I'm like, sweet, what am I going to do with this? And then someone pulls up on me. They have a gun. I have their ammo. Someone else pulls up. He's got the gun and the ammo. He kills us both. And so it's just like, Man, like, that was the worst thing in the world. I had this ammo. I had everything that I needed except the one thing that would actually let me win. And so I think a lot of times we can walk into church and we have ammo. We have songs. We have a band. We have mics. We have lights. That's our ammo. That ammo means absolutely nothing if you don't have a heart of worship. Worship is a weapon that we fight. Last week we sang, this is how I fight my battles. And literally, all we have to do in a battle with the enemy is worship God because he fights for us. And so my biggest fear in the church is that we have so much ammo, we have so many things that look good, that sound good, that, that people that play well, and then we have no heart of worship. And that is going to be... I would say that that would be like the death of, of a church is having a bunch of people in a room that think they're worshiping and there's no heart behind it. Let me tell you that God wants to dwell in a place where there's sacrifice and there's worship. He wants to dwell in a place, not to say that he wouldn't stay, but we'd have better chances of winning battles if we had a heart of worship and that we could worship God for who he is. Instead of just having music and songs and, and good words and this and that. But if there's no heart behind it, then there's not going to be worship. Can I get the band to come up here? I'm actually going to leave some time for worship at the end so that we can, we can go into it. Um, so we have this weapon called worship. And, and I, I just don't think that many people know how to use it. I remember, like, when I was little, my, little my, my older brother and I, we loved playing, like, PlayStation. It's so, like there would be times where we would, like, go somewhere and we'd have to, like, unplug our PlayStation and bring it back and then, like, plug it back into play. Well, my brother, he would be like, hey, go plug in the PlayStation. I'm like, all right, bet. Because I'm like, dang, we're going to play. It's like older brother. I'm little, and so I'm, like, so excited to play with my brother. He'd be like, hey, go, go, go start up the PlayStation. Like, we'll play a game. And so I would go in, and I would get everything. I would get all the cords, and I would start plugging everything in, and I would do everything, and I'm like, all right, yes, it's going to work. We're going to turn it on, and we're going to play. 
And then it wouldn't work. And I'd be like, yo, why is it not working? Why is it not working? And my brother would come in and he'd be like, hey, have you tried turning on the TV? I'm like, oh, a concept, you know, like the TV turning it on. And I had no idea, but I had everything in place. It was all set up perfectly. And the one thing that would actually make it work wasn't flipped on. And so this morning, I want to challenge us as a body, as a church, we have everything set up. We have a drummer, we have bass. I'll get on this guitar in a minute. We have piano, we have singers. We have everything in place. Let's turn the switch of worship on this morning. And so what we're gonna do here in a minute is we're gonna begin to sing. We're gonna worship Jesus. And, and right now, if you still don't know what worship is, it is an intimate encounter with the creator that brings all that we are to all that he is. And so right now in this moment, I want you to get into a position where you can worship God and where you can encounter him and encounter his love and encounter his presence because the veil is torn. There's nothing that can separate you from his love. There's nothing that's gonna stop you from getting into his presence. There's nothing that can hinder you from, from um, knowing his love. There's nothing that can hinder you from, from worshiping him right now because the enemy's already been defeated. We all know that. The enemy's been defeated. And so we have this veil that was torn so that we can have an intimate encounter face to face with the one who loves us the most. And if one of your main discouragements for not wanting to worship is you don't feel worthy enough, whoa. If one of your main reasons for, for not wanting to worship is you don't feel worthy, you don't feel like you're in a good place, you don't feel like you have the, the right relationship with God yet, I honestly have no idea where this came from. I opened up my notes and I found this thing that I wrote down and I have, like I said, like I really don't know when I wrote it or where it came from. But it says, why would I die for you thousands of years before you were born if I wasn't willing to meet you where you're at while you're alive? Why would I die for you thousands of years before you were born if I wasn't willing to meet you where you're at while you're alive? Why would God send his son Jesus to die a painful death on a cross for you and me if he wasn't willing to meet you in your sin? What would be the point of us, what would be the point of God dying for us if he wasn't willing to meet with us? then he would have died for nothing. If I could sum up the Bible in one sentence, it's this. It's a story of a man who had a family, lost his family, and did everything he could to get him back. And that is the Bible in one sentence. That's my version of the Bible in one sentence. A man who had a family, lost his family, and did everything he could to get him back. And so we have a God that sent his son to die on a cross so that he can meet us face to face before we even went into heaven. 
Let me tell you, our job on earth is not to get to heaven. We often preach, get saved, go to heaven. And yes, that's so true. And I'm so grateful for the gospel because that is the best thing in the world. But our main goal on this earth is not to get to heaven. It's to bring heaven to earth. That's right. We were given the opportunity to meet with him face to face every day, any moment. The Bible says, you remember in John chapter 4 when the Samaritan was at the well? And she says, you know, like, I remember we worshiped on this hill or we worshiped there, we worshiped there. And Jesus said, there's coming a day where you can worship in spirit and in truth. That right there is telling me that we can worship wherever we are at. You want to know, you want to know why we can worship wherever we're at? Let me tell you why we can worship wherever we're at. Because I can worship here, I can worship there. The reason that I can do that is because the spirit lives inside of me. And so everywhere that I go, the spirit goes. And wherever the spirit goes, I go. And so I can worship in spirit and in truth because Jesus is the truth. So I can worship in spirit, meaning wherever I'm at, because the spirit is with me, the spirit's within me, it's inside of me, it's around me, it's going, it's going before me. And so the spirit is with me at all times so I can worship wherever I'm at and I can worship the truth of who Jesus is because truth is not something that you hear. Truth is Jesus. Jesus is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And there's nobody that can come to the Father but through him. And so if we can worship wherever we're at, then we're obviously always worshiping in spirit and in truth. And so can I get everyone to stand to their feet? We're going to go ahead and just, just go into worship. And my challenge to you right now is don't, Don't worship the way that you always have known it. Worship in a new way this morning. If you've never lifted your hands, lift your hands. If you've never gotten on your knees before, get on your knees before the Lord. If you've never jumped, jump. If you've never just sat still, just sit still. One more thing before we, before we jump into the song. Worship is not a feeling, a feeling. It's not a performance. It's not just an expression, but true worship comes out of a broken and contrite spirit that puts God at the highest place in our heart. It's more than an attitude, it's more than an appearance. Our worship can assist, like our expression can assist our worship. But just because you look like you're worshiping doesn't mean that you are. Worshiping God will always direct your heart and your attention towards who he is rather than what's going on around us. And so if we could actually get the lights turned off, I just want you guys to get into the presence of God right now, wherever you are, by yourself, just you and God right now. Don't worry about the person beside you. Don't worry about the people around you. Don't worry about what your, what your mom might think or what your, your boyfriend or girlfriend might think. Or Just get into the presence of God, you and him, face to face, knowing that you are worthy because you were paid, you were bought with a high price.
Jesus paid a price for us to, to be in an intimate encounter with him. And so we're just gonna go into worship and right now, just wherever you're at, get, get before him, get into his presence and we're just gonna start this song and we're gonna worship him. And so Jesus, right now, we just love you so much. God, we focus our attention on you this morning. God, we focus every single part of our hearts, every single part of our life. God, we focus it on you this morning. And we say, Jesus, you are worthy. God, you are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our time. You are worthy of our comfortability. You are worthy of everything in this moment, God, because you are so good. You've always been good to us. You've always been faithful, God. Even when we couldn't see you in the midst of our circumstance, in the midst of our problem, God, you've always been faithful. And so this morning, Jesus, we just choose to worship you. In Jesus' name.